The GRBJ Podcast is brought to you by Seven Monks Grand Rapids, worldwide craft beer, locally crafted cuisine, located at the new 616 Lofts Building at 740 Michigan Street. This is the GRBJ Podcast. I'm Pat Evans, and Tim Gortzma is joining me, and he's got his eye on the microphone right now. It's a little weird. Tim, <laughs> you want to talk it in the microphone? I'm looking at it. It's <laughs> It reminds me of the total eclipse, actually, with just one eye. We, you know, that was last month now. I know. And That's okay. Some things stick with you forever. I mean, it only happens every 39 years. Well, no, we can we get it in 2024 20, again. Well, it happened only 39 years ago, and now, now it's another what? Now it happens all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so passe. Right. Yep. Anyway, this week, what do I like to drink? Um, beer. That's right. So I went over to Brewery Avant. Shocking. Yeah, but this time it was for business. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we talked for the podcast to Chris and Jason Spaulding. Huh. And they're always a fun chat because they're, they're very in tune with both beer and sustainability. Right. Right. And Brewery Avant's a good place. It is. It is. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Chris, Jason, thanks for joining us. Um, I guess I want to start because now we're in your, I don't know, your new office. I don't know. I haven't been here before. When was, when did you officially move into the house next door? Well, we, we bought the building, what was it, last spring? And then we uh, had leases in place and things like that that we had to honor. And then we were just busting at the seams in the office uh, where we were. Um, Do you ever go up the old office? Oh, yeah. That, that vaulted ceiling and. It was Attic. cool when it was just me, then it was just me and Chris, and then we keep adding people. Right, next seemed you know, a little cramped. Next thing yeah. you know, we got like six people up there. and um, Private meetings have to happen in the car. Yeah, we did <laughs> have to do that. Uh, so then we were, um, originally we were looking, okay, can we rent some office space in the neighborhood or whatever, and then this popped up for sale, and uh, we were able to make it work. Um, and then it's kind of cool, because now it's all one building and you know our offices in the old uh or the family of the funeral home where they raised their kids and it's kind of cool it's a little apartment and so we got a kitchen and you know uh, space yeah space a little apartment that we can have friends stay in if right. we need and stuff like that so it's kind of fun awesome. and it's still in the neighborhood of course which you guys have been so committed to yeah from the get-go i mean how has this changed since you opened because i don't remember you know, I was at college when it opened. Um, but really, the Green Well was really the only thing else here, right? And Marika Trebes. Right, right, right. Um, and why am I blanking on Gaia? Uh, had been on here. Gaia, yeah. I think it was established already right. and was well on its way. But this, this building and the property was dormant for long enough that it, it was definitely kind of a downer in the neighborhood. So <laughs> it was nice to come in with a cool project, you know, between us and then the other, um, like Maru and um, Windsor Cottage to kind of revitalize a big space in a small block and kind of take the neighborhood to the next level. There are a few neighbors when we moved here that were a little concerned, uh, but, you know, everyone's been pretty happy and we've got a good relationship with everyone. And I think, Everyone appreciates I don't know, something that a brewery can bring that a restaurant can't or, you know, retail can't, but there's just like a, um, some, you know, it just draws people here. 
And I think even the retail shops and stuff appreciate that. And mm-hmm. um, that's kind of fun. I mean, we got a good good relationship. So I think anyone that was worried, we kind of put that put that at ease. And it's been it's been a good neighborhood for us. Why has it been so important for you guys to give back to the neighborhood too? It's like in our <laughs> in our DNA. <laughs> like we both personally just are caring people that want to, you know, make that positive difference uh, that maybe isn't always expected, but should be. So like one of the things that's so great about um, having focused on Belgian and French style of beer is the communities that we visited um, in the those regions uh, ahead of opening Vivant. Like they were also focused on being an active part of their community and and really having a role, not just as the place that made the beer, but that, you know, they were involved in the tourism or even, you know, there's some brewers that were the mayor of their small town. So that was like such a great fit when we were there and seeing what we wanted our business to look like and having to, um, having actually done that in our seven years we've been around has been like pretty awesome to see what role a brewery can have in a community, whether right. it's a 200 person village in Belgium, you know, or a 200,000 person city in the Midwest. Right. And I think just observationally watching the industry in Grand Rapids, you guys have had a pretty big ripple effect when it comes to the other breweries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to take credit for that or not, but I will. I'll give you credit. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. No, it's fun. Like the other breweries mention, um, you know, mention us when they're trying to put their plans together or when they're, you know, trying to put initiatives together for community things. So it's it's kind of fun to uh, to be a little bit influential. And, you know, of course, we're really open with everything. And, uh, you know, I any breweries that open up I, that are doing it the right way, we love to help in any way we can. So it's fun. Okay. How do you guys – this is a way different question now. How do you guys <laughs> determine on a day-to-day basis who does what? Between you two. It's really easy. <laughs> I always explain it as we're a triple bottom line business. So, you know, people plan at profit. Right. So Jason makes sure we're profitable. He's the product guy. And I make sure we're being good to our people and planet. Oh. So it makes an easy division. We both get to do what we're passionate about and what we're good at. <laughs> and we can kind of rest assured that the other one has their piece covered. Right. Yeah. And we follow our passions that way. You know, I'm, I wake up dreaming about beer and go to bed doing the same and what can we make, you know, it's all, you know, product based and, uh, you know, of course we share those things too, but those are the kind of the drivers that we, um, push for the company. So. So I wake up dreaming about how can we have a more positive impact on our community, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) No, it's true. And then I'll think up of beer. Oh, we could have a charity event and (laughs) the proceeds of that beer can, no, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounded good to me. Yeah. yeah. So before we get into the beer, because I love talking about beer, obviously, but food. I was talking to a chef from Detroit the other day. He had just done a collaboration with a brewery. But he said most breweries are have terrible food. It's true. You were the one restaurant in Michigan, brewery in Michigan, that he gave credit to for oh. having oh, that's awesome. a good you know, food program. So why was food important from the get-go? We really like good food. Well, that, that well, that's a big like, reason. Personally, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to want to eat at our brewery on a regular basis. Well, and that that stigma was, you know, we we're very aware of that, of going into breweries and 
you know, food is always an afterthought. Um, and we want to change that a little bit. And, and plus that experience in um, going to Europe mm-hmm. and seeing how... Um, it's so integrated. Yeah. It, people are eating seasonally, you know, really good food and just happened to go wonderfully with these beers that we were having. And we really wanted to bring that forward also. So the plan was to, you know, let's actually put some effort in to the menu as well and try to make those things pair up. And it is interesting, you know, when we first launched, people were really upset because we opened a brewery and they show up and they wanted hot wings and, you know, a $6 burger and whatever. And we've got, you know, God forbid a $12 burger. Holy (laughs) cow. Did that like throw people for a loop? Um, you know, today it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but yeah, then we had like, you know, escargot and bone marrow and uh, duck confit, things like that. And where people were coming in expecting hot wings, right. you know, so for like the first, you know, six months we'd have, yeah. you know, that disconnect, Longer. but then, <laughs> but then people were getting it and getting on board. And now, now it's something that we're known for. And we are a much bigger restaurant than we ever thought would be. I thought it would be a cool brewery with better food than you'd expect, but we're kind of like a full-blown restaurant. I mean, we're still definitely a brewery, um, but the food part just became way more important than I originally dreamed, but it's it's pretty cool because, you know, people are also enjoying beer at the same time, but, right. you know, you get a, a party of eight, some, someone in that group probably doesn't like beer, which is kind of weird, but they can still come for the food and... Um, and, and we, we have, have a place wine for and them. cider for them. That's true. <laughs> so I think some breweries, you know, opt out of right. offering other people's uh, drinks. And I've had a, a number of people thank me. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys have wine and cider for my friends that don't like beer. But they thank us for course, that, and they thank us for the kid section that's at the true. end of the beer right. garden. <laughs> Those yeah. are the two things. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much we've created this business that matches where we are in our life. <laughs> So with two small kids, that makes sense. With our love well, of food, it made sense to have great uh, a great restaurant. And I think the other piece of that too is just the, you know, food and beer pairing. Uh, that was in our original business plan, and we I think we actually have some work to do on that still and making it more present in front of our customers. Um, but that trend was kind of starting around the time we opened. It was great to get on the front end of that. And now you see a lot more breweries are opening with really good menus. And it's always good to be in the first group. Definitely. Yeah. I, and, you know, we talk about influence too. Like we've actually had breweries in Chicago come and check out what we're doing and, you know, take that kind of attitude for menus and stuff back that way too. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. That's probably important in Chicago to have that aspect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we get respect even from Chicago, which is, which is cool. So speaking of Chicago, I mean, how does the beer do in Chicago? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I just got back from a trade show on Monday and it's like, it's like a mixed bag of things like our, we've actually seen a reduction of sales in Chicago every year. Uh, So, we did. We we're new and shiny uh, when we started in 2011 there, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. And then we were considered a local brewery. Oh, great! Oh, weird. A local brewery. We'll put you on tap. Cool. But there weren't really many Chicago breweries. And then True. between 2011, fast forward to now, I mean, there's right. like a brewery a week opening over there, 
and uh, we're kind of getting pushed out of those uh, taps. And, and and they have to get a ton of beer from everywhere, right? Yeah, every everyone in the whole country. That's a city that they want to sell beer in. So it's really hyper uh, competitive. So I get a little down on um, on that. And it, I talk to our distributors and like what I want is I want to be wanted in Chicago. I don't want to have to sell right. beer. You know, I just <laughs> like people. To, oh, I know Vaughn. I'm gonna buy it. But it doesn't really happen anymore. And, and at this trade show where I got the samples of these awesome beers, I got Scoffier, I've got, you know, our pumpkin tart. We got like a cool lineup of beers and people are loving it and coming by and, and uh, you know, everyone loves it, you know, feeling really, really good. But trying to convert that to get these people to actually buy it, right. the beer to put in their bars and stuff, that's where it kind of falls apart. There's just so much noise and so many options that I know people like the beer, but it's just... Um, you know, we struggle with um, how much are we a neighborhood brewery? Right. How much are we a distributing brewery? You know, we're somewhere in between, so it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, we don't have the attitude that some of these successful breweries in Chicago where we're, they're aggressive on sales, right. they're yeah. stacking 12 packs as high as they can, cramming them in every little corner they can. And, like, we never wanted that. We just want to make unique, tasty beers and uh, – you know, be that kind of destination brewery. So I don't know what the future of of that, you know, we, we're basically in Chicago because we like being in Chicago. So yeah, we like to go there right. and drink our beer and yeah, <laughs> have uh, Chicago tourists come our way and know our brand, be able to get it back home. Yeah. But we're really trying to, um, you know, just if we want to, like Michigan's important to us, Chicago's kind of extra. Right. But just, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> But it is, it's funny, like, I think Grand Rapids people, maybe Michigan in general, like, you go and see our beer in Chicago, and all of a sudden it makes makes them notice us more. You know, we're in right. their own backyard, you kind of don't think about it. Right. Well, I was just out at Seven Monks for the Revolution. Oh, and, yeah. Um, Jason, their, you know, beer yeah. guy, was like, I don't know how well this is going to do. Yeah. yeah. Just because it's Grand Rapids in Michigan. and I don't think people will be that excited about it, really. I mean... Um, there's a lot of breweries that kind of get rebuffed when they come to Michigan because there's such a strong presence and, uh, you know, Bell's has been around for so long. Like you're not really going to displace revolution's not going to displace a too hard to handle. Right. You know, they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so I mean, then in general, how do you look at the growth that's happened over the past what is it, seven years now? Almost seven? Seven years when there was like 2,000 breweries when we opened. Right. And now there's like- 5,600? 50, yeah, 5,600. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't and think- it We're was, still trying to figure it out, honestly. Yeah. Like We're like constantly trying to readjust little bits. You know, we're, Our core business isn't going to change, but the way we approach the market has to keep evolving, and we're yeah, just we, trying to get on, writing on top like our, of that. We've been writing our-, our next five-year plan for, la for the last two years. But I get like three, four months into it, and I go, ah, can I swear on this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck it. And I, and I wrinkle it up and throw it away, and then we start over again, you know, because it, it's just things are changing so fast. Uh, it, it's just, it's difficult. But it's exciting also, but there's so many people coming into this business not because of a passion of beer anymore, but right. because it's a business opportunity. And um, and that's a lot different. You know, you get people going in, oh man, I'm going to start a brewery, build it up and sell it, 
in four years and that's yeah. their goal going into it. It's like, you know, it's disheartening. That, it hurts yeah. me, you know, because uh, this is an industry that I love and, um, it's they're, definitely they're, not how it began. And they're mucking, right. they're mucking it up. You well, know? it's crazy. And you the know. customers don't know the difference right. a lot of times. No. It's going to be difficult, more that. and more difficult to discern that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just crazy to listen, you know, to Jason's early days when the work hadn't been already done. So new entries right. had to like work really hard at getting a beer on the market or anything. And now it's just like, oh, they're a new brewery. I'm going to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and even... You know, breweries get their fair share of press, and it's awesome. We've benefited from that. But, like, even I'm, like, bored. Like, oh, another brewery launch. Oh, <laughs> whoop de doo You know what right. I mean? And it, the more that happens, it just kind of makes it less special. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid it's kind of where we are. But craft beer is still going to have a home. You know, I'm still um, excited about what we're doing, and I'm in for the long haul. This is what uh, our choice you know, our passion is mm-hmm. this business. So we're just going to make the best of it, just not make stupid moves. And, you know, obviously Hopefully. we may, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously like this neighborhood um, enjoys what we do and, you know, that's, that's good enough. You know, it's right. success to us. So as long as we don't try to all of a sudden grow to a hundred thousand barrel brewery, you know, that was never in our goal. But I mean, that's, that's where people are thinking, but you know, we're going to be fine. It's going to be good. You know, there's right. people love craft beer. It's not going away. It's just changing. Right. Mm-hmm. The GRBJ podcast is brought to you by Seven Monks Grand Rapids, worldwide craft beer, locally crafted cuisine, located at the new 616 Lofts building at 740 Michigan Street. Speaking of the growth of your brewery and changing, about a year ago, you guys started a whole new program, mm-hmm. um, which you've always had, but not like this i'm being vague so you guys can talk about it <laughs> nice but yeah i mean talk about the sour program a little bit wood program i don't know what do you guys officially call it uh it's full of life program plan to be yeah. kate hates that we don't have like a cool name for it but yeah. you know it's like the sour room the funk room you know it just kind of gets batted around a little bit but um kate's our sales and marketing person of course yeah <laughs> um but anyway i yeah so we we've been doing these um you know, barrel aging and stuff, just because we were curious. So we, we did it just on a small scale, but, you know, right away when we opened. Um, and then we've just been, you know, enjoying it more and more. And it's something that the, the brewers are passionate about. And it's just exciting because it's kind of this mysterious, you know, like you can only control it so much. And it's kind of fun from a, a brewing mm-hmm. perspective to um, start playing with wood because you don't know exactly how it's going to behave, what's going to happens sometimes it turns out wonderful sometimes it doesn't but um it's fun and and really what brought it up to the level it is now is just having a dedicated space so we had like a thousand square feet uh what we call the old kitchen yeah uh where the kitchen was supposed to be originally but we ran out of money in the startup so we (laughs) had to move it into a smaller space but eventually we came back and uh we're able to renovate this thousand square feet and now it's like cram full of uh we got like three uh, old dairy lagering tanks. We got um, three 40-barrel fooders in there, a bright tank, a sour kettle, um, a mahine bottling thing, all in 1,000 square feet. It's it's cramped, wow. but that's really allowed us to step it up because we basically we can use our brew house. We hard-piped it over into that room, so now we can um, 
do these sour cultured, wild mixed culture beers without having to infect our clean side of the brewery. But that's allowed us to really scale things up and, and, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and, you know, we got this wood age beer fest that's coming up and this is kind of like, it's our big celebration of all these, uh, beers and the creativity and all these things that go into it. And, you know, a lot of these beers, it takes us like a, a year or more to mm-hmm. have ready. Right. So, um, it's kind of like an unveiling, but, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. The market's also in a spot where I, the more people that I talk to, you know, that are getting into craft beer, the, a lot of people are mentioning their love of sours right. and how they're starting to grow that and they're excited about various beers we've had. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see how the festival looks this year versus other years just because the palate of the customer has evolved enough um, to, I think, appreciate it at a different level. Yeah. But it's kind of weird, too, because we get... You know, we have to start planning these things and there's like people calling us a year out because they're trying to book flights and hotels and we're like, we haven't really even, you know, yeah. picked the... It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. We haven't talked about it yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it's, you know, it's becoming important to people and it's cool. And um, you know, this year we're also doing like a, a special three pack of beer that you can buy at the same time oh, when cool. you get your ticket. So we got, um, you know... Uh, so a you don't have to stand in line for these beers, and then we got a uh, one beer in there that you can only get in this pack. So we did, uh, and we we're talking a little bit beer trends. So we've got basically this, uh, you know, a, a juicy IPA, but it, you know, fermented in wood. Oh, cool! And then we we you know dry hop it the week before and package it uh, just a couple days ahead of the fast. So it'd be kind of this cool, cool That'd unique be beer. So good. Um, we played around with it a little bit. Uh, other, you know, these New England style IPAs, which you know doesn't really fit Vivant necessarily no, what you'd think of it, but sure but, are good. But they're sure good, and we're playing <laughs> with it, and they're popular, and you know, doing it in this uh, fermenting in wood, you know, ties it back to what we like to do, and it'll be kind of it'll, it'll be a fun experiment. But I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So not a trend. I wouldn't. I guess it's a growing trend, but breweries being more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess everybody in general, being more conscious of how they affect Earth. Um, but you guys certainly have a place nationally in the brewing community to talk about it, and a big place locally. Um, how do you guys keep pushing that, and what's next in sustainability? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think we, there's always room to grow in that, right? I'm a like I, I love that we have that B Corp certification, um, which is such a great tool to make sure that we're always moving ahead and and looking at what's next just in sustainability of our business outside of being a brewery. Um, and that, I mean, you you go through that process of um, their assessment, which is like a couple hundred questions, and it really shows you all the things that you're doing well, and then the, all the opportunities you have to improve as your business grows and evolves and all of that. So we can use that on the business side just to keep ourselves moving forward is, you know, we're, you know, we get like half the points right now. Um, so that means there's that many more things we can look, look towards. And some things like right now, I think there's a lot of conversation locally about equity and inclusion and diversity. And that's a focus that we've had over the last year. And what could that look like for our business? So that's definitely top of mind um, in the social piece of what we're doing. 
And then some of the, you know, more environmentally focused ones, if you look at the brewing process, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of ins and a lot of outs and trying to recapture, um, various parts of the brewing process and reuse, um, whether it's CO2 we're doing some cool stuff with a local entrepreneur trying to recover our CO2 or, or other things that could be waste. There's a lot of, uh, great technology for really large breweries where, they can recapture everything, right. CO2, steam, heat, all of that. But when you're not running 24-7, the opportunities are a lot fewer and right. <laughs> far in between. But I think with so many new breweries coming on, and if you look at just the Brewers Association, the average brewery in the BA now is like a 800 barrels a year. So right. tiny. We're about 5,000 in comparison. Um, I think the natural entrepreneurial spirit within our country is going to recognize that more and more and, and come up with solutions for small breweries that want to do good things. So that's one of the things that we're focused on is, um, like I love being the pilot for some of these systems. So working with, um, Stan Samuel, who's the entrepreneur I mentioned, you know, we're piloting out his system like next week, I think he's going to be here yeah, for quite CO2 a bit. Yeah, recovery. So anyway, I see those as like, there's just so many opportunities. And if people know that we're into this stuff, then they're going to come to us and um, hopefully and want us to be part of them developing a solution that could then go on a broader scale. And that's where like, you know, being open and sharing this industry is nice for that. And you know, anything on a sustainability level that we can help other people adopt that's better for mm -hmm. the planet or better for, you know, their ideas they can take back to their own community. That's, that's ideas we're sharing. You know, it's, it's great. Yeah. Innovation's fun. I love it. And that's something <laughs> too, like a lot of people, uh, some people appreciate that our plan is to be small and other people just don't get it and don't right. understand why we wouldn't want to like, keep so growing. so un-American. Why wouldn't you just grow, yeah. grow, grow? Yeah. yeah. And we're, and we're <laughs> keep having to re-explain it to yeah, our staff even. People, right? the like, staff. It's just people just can't get, get their head around that we only want to grow so big. But kind of what, but what, what Yeah, what it allows at. us to do is as we kind of finish out our growth, we can reinvest our dollars in innovation and in cool right. things. And like to me, that's more exciting than seeing our beer in North Carolina or, you know, another market. I'd I'd rather see us stay on in this forefront of of cool new and sustainability focused or cool beer style focused, um, approach to growing in that way right. without necessarily growing our volume. How do you balance that? Cause you could, I assume just keep growing volume. I mean, does, yeah, potentially you could, I, I it might be changing now, but well, yeah, I, I really think, you know, local is going to be redefined and it's going to, um, be more and more important. You know, we're, you know, when you do travel around, you want to drink the local beer. You know, I, you know, there's always going to be some beers that are national and have a presence like that. But I really think, you know, for us, just concentrating on Michigan and even yeah. on Grand Rapids specifically, you know, uh, and just try to right size that um, investment for you know packaging and all these other things, but just build it around that volume. Um, you know, because. Yeah, like Revolution coming to Michigan, they'll do okay, but they're going to play the big grocery game and right. you know get some sales that way. But I don't see people going nuts for it. Not that it's not great beer, 
Right. Um, but we've got so many other local choices, and that's resonating reality. with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, one thing that's funny is like we, we were talking about B Corp and how you know we get half the points. Yeah. That drives this one crazy because she would like <laughs> to get the rest of those points. So it's kind of that's what her what's what motivates her. She's pretty competitive. Yeah, so what motivates true. you then? Beer. Well, just beer. Yeah. <laughs> just. Well, it, it's beer and then like making that connection with people, uh, getting them to try something new and um you know, it's like share it's it's like sharing, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been an artist or whatever, but like you know, uh, artists always have our time, like, uh, they make a art and then putting it in front of people, getting people's opinions back. Like it can be really intimidating because right. you're taking something that's so personal and putting it out there and, and people are, are they going to like it? Are they not going to like it? But that's kind of fun. You know, and that we kind of do that on a small scale with these beers all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. That's where I think social media is so interesting right now is people forget there's humans behind right. the places they're visiting or the products they're consuming and, People can just be so nasty and in yeah. their ratings and reviews and all of that. It, it's oh, sometimes we'll read these and I think, like, my goodness, you must not know that there's people involved that our feelings are being hurt, right? Or <laughs> well, that's what they're going for. I mean, people take it get seriously. so bold and you know they get they get home, they ate their whole burger, you know they didn't say anything, got checked, you know checked back with a bunch of times, and then they think back. And now they get angry because they aren't happy with who knows that, what. Yeah, something. And then they right. then they write this nasty thing. It's like, oh my gosh, why you know, we didn't set out to ruin your life. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're trying. You know, just let just, us know and we can fix it on right. the spot. <laughs> but it doesn't happen too often, but it's just you know how the world That's of, an interesting trend though. Yeah. The, the world removal. of social media. Yeah. <laughs> people get very brave on Well, yeah, it's not face to face. Yeah. Right. That's what, where pubs come in, right? We right. keep you face-to-face and build community around a large table where you're forced to sit next to someone you don't know. Without right. a TV on. Right. Well, hopefully everybody comes out to What Age Beer Fest. Yeah. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. It's been Thank fun. You. Oh, wait. Uh, I got one more thing. Uh-oh. Um, hold on. <laughs> While you're here, oh, I was really hoping I could get a signature. Oh, no. If you could <laughs> sign this you book know. for me. You know... I, this what is my was last chance to see the author it's not your for a while. <laughs> what was the word that you used in here for the first? It was I broke a history press. Um, it was the first time I like the history press printed a swear word or something, and it was oh. you. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah>. Nice, <laughs> perfect. So I'm, here, I'll sign I'm, it. I'm proud. Can you? Can, we'll pick it up. On, I can. I can hear the pen. Right. That's Thanks. Thanks, Pat. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks. So that was Chris and Jason. They're fun. Um, Cherry Street is fun, as you are well aware. Well aware of that, yes. Three Vivants there. Grove, Greenwell. Name it. Name it. Name it. The Pickwick. Ooh. Yeah. That's my favorite place in town. I know. It's a fun place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brewery Vivant is celebrating uh, their wood-aged beer well, it's the Wood Age Beer Fest. I was trying to f- come up with a fun way to say that, but that's what it is. How much more fun could it be than Wood Aged Beer Fest? Do you like Wood Aged Beer? I don't know. Well, you should. My go. guess, however, it's probably not. Probably not. But you should go check it out. It's it's fun. I like that kind of beer. So, all right. 
This week's podcast was brought to you by Seven Monks, which has plenty of that wood age type of beer on. Uh, and until next week, stay informed with us, pick up Monday's print edition, and visit grbj.com every day.